The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn News. A person would assume that military veterans would be sought after talent in the labor market. After all, they have incredible soft and hard skills. Yet, veterans face many challenges in the labor market. But there are ways to overcome those barriers. We're talking all about it on today's episode. From LinkedIn News, this is Get Hired, a podcast for the ups and downs and the ever-changing landscape of our professional lives. I'm Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn Senior Managing Editor for Jobs and Career Development, bringing you conversations with experts who, like me, want to see you succeed at work, at home, and everywhere in between. Military veterans are amazing people for several obvious reasons. Yet, they sometimes have difficulty landing jobs. It's difficult to know why, since LinkedIn's own research found that compared with others, veterans stay at jobs longer, are promoted earlier, are better educated, and come with more work experience. Today, we're talking about why veterans are typically great employees and co-workers. We're also talking about how service members transitioning out of the military and veterans can find work after their service and what resources are available to them. We'll also talk about resources available for military spouses. Helping us with all of this is James Rodriguez, who is the U.S. Department of Labor's Assistant Secretary for Veterans Employment and Training Service, which is also known as VETS. Mr. Rodriguez has an incredible history of service, including 21 years in the Marine Corps, in which he served in various leadership and management positions and deployed to over 11 countries. He also has experience in the corporate sector and as the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for the Office of Warrior Care Policy. To kick things off, I wanted to hear a bit about the Department of Labor's Veterans Employment and Training Service. Here's Mr. Rodriguez. So DOL. Department of Labor, Veteran Employment Training Service. DOL's vision is to enable all veterans, service members, military spouses to reach their full potential in the workplace. We support them in their employment search, as well as ensuring that they have opportunities to find meaningful careers post-military service when they are separating, or veterans who've been out of the military for a while and looking to upskill, reskill to find new careers that are meaningful for them, as well as live a livelihood that allows them to have a successful transition post-military service. And of course, supporting our military spouses who serve right alongside their veterans when they were on active duty and then continue to do so after they've separated from the military, but yet they often are underutilized and underemployed. Yes. And I think for people who may not be familiar with the military, two of the populations you mentioned are people who will be transitioning out of active duty service and into civilian life. So they're basically moving from having a full-time job, which is the military, and they're being put into the private sector. So there is sort of that transition period. And then there are people who've been in the private sector and maybe use their experience in the military later on in life to figure out what they want to do next, right? That's correct. I think a lot of people, especially who maybe work in corporate, they see that there are different programs for veterans to get hired. Maybe there are employment resource groups at their offices. Why is there always needed to be some extra attention for veterans when it came to the workforce? What are some of the challenges that they face? 
some of the challenges that veterans face in the workforce are the inclusion into something that is completely foreign to them in many cases, unless they're guard reserve or they have a job and they do that throughout the week. And then on the weekends, they are actively supporting their community through their guard duty or reserve when they get called up on the weekends and or their two weeks a year. So most newly transitioned veterans, when they are leaving the military, it's the first time they're actually having a job that is different from what they've known for their entire time being in the military. And in many cases, it's a foreign organization in the sense of what the requirements are on the individual, the type of skills that they're going to use when they're in their new job. Something very similar that they can build on based off of all their military skills, but at the same time, a little bit different, meaning there's a different culture. There's a different way to operate, how to coordinate with your peers. You are now in a completely different environment than you've been in, whether it's four years, 20 years, 30 years in the military. It's something that becomes a little bit of a challenge. And not to mention, they've lost that connection to their military community. And now you are part of a new community. So you're learning that. And one of the things that we try to do is ensure that they understand how to navigate that sea of challenges. There's various resources that exist in the corporate space. I myself have been in the corporate space quite a bit also post my retirement from the military. And those resources do come in handy. Simple things like mentors who help them understand how their corporate culture uh, works within their new environment, but at the same time, how to understand what their career progression looks like. What types of training can they also pursue in the corporate space that will help them elevate to a new role? How to be a better manager in the corporate space? How to understand the financial structure of an organization that allows them to really better position themselves for future opportunities within an organization? And so that takes a little bit of adjustment time. What we've seen is data-wise is that if a corporation can retain a veteran for two years, they are more likely to remain in that organization longer. One of our biggest challenges is that one year post-military service is we see veterans oftentimes where they leave their first couple of employers because of the right fit, uh, the lack of culture that they are accustomed to. And uh, oftentimes they're underemployed. And so not being able to find a role in the corporate environment commensurate to their skill sets is a big challenge for service members when they first leave the military. Yeah. And a lot of that, I assume, also is on the part of the employer, right? Because employers, traditionally, they may not have viewed veterans as people who need maybe added support transitioning into the workforce. Well, that is correct. One of the things that I've learned over my 14 years of being retired is that when you put resources in place for veterans, those resources normally can be utilized for non-veterans as well. So I think for corporations to continue to do well with respect to hiring and employing and retaining veterans, it's good for them to learn how those resources work to support that transition from military service, but also create opportunities for longevity in the organization. Veterans, by nature, are resourceful. They're also, by nature, committed to an organization that supports them as long as the resources are there to support that transition. And I would say the same thing for non-veterans. So again, when you put an employee resource group in place that's actually supporting veterans, one of the things that I always encourage employers to do is ensure that that employer resource group, even though it may be focused on veterans, it also is inclusive of non-veterans because they need to have different conversations instead of just conversations about the veteran community. They need to have conversations about the business as well that often and comes from people who did not serve. We'll be right back with Mr. Rodriguez after this break. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, 
TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. From the minds of visionaries to the desks of disruptors. I'm Lars Schmidt, host of the Redefining Work podcast. Join me each week as we explore the new world of work through the lens of those shaping it. CEOs, HR leaders, investors, and more. Be a part of the conversation that changes everything. Subscribe to Redefining Work today. And we're back with James Rodriguez, who is the U.S. Department of Labor's Assistant Secretary for Veterans Employment and Training Service, also known as VETS. I know just from... Our internal data, we did an analysis, I think it was before the pandemic, but we found that people who were employees and also had military experience ended up staying at jobs longer. They ended up being promoted earlier. And overall, they just appeared to be better compared to the average worker. And I assume a lot of that is based on their history in the military, the training they had. So really, for employers, hiring a veteran is a huge win. I assume a lot of your discussions also center on the benefits of hiring veterans. That's exactly right. That is a good business decision for employers, right? And I'll give you a little bit more data here, but our veterans outperform our non-veteran peers in every category. They're more likely to remain with an organization. They're more likely to get promoted faster than their non-veteran peers. And this is across all demographics of the veteran community. And so one of the things we try to reiterate to organizations is it's good for business because of the fact that veterans by nature are going to perform well. They're going to show up to work on time, but at the same time, they're going to look for opportunities for continued career advancement. They're going to take the skills that they have from the military, and they're not going to only be utilized in their normal day-to-day jobs, but they offer other ways to support within an organization as long as the culture uh, allows for them to continue to utilize their skill sets. A couple of examples that I can give you. Veterans, by nature, because of their military training and first aid, oftentimes they are first responders in an organization when an accident happens. They're the ones who are on the scene that can provide that first aid. I've seen that firsthand. Or they're volunteers. They're constantly providing ways where they make the organization better because of all their skills that they bring. And I think we have to figure out from an industry standpoint how to utilize all of that experience and then allow them to grow in an organization by taking that experience and setting them up for future success. Yeah. Definitely. And the data is there. So it's one of those things where if the employer makes the investment, they really get such an incredible asset when it comes to talent. For people who are transitioning out of the military, what advice do you have for them to make sure that they can hit the ground running on the other side? I would encourage anyone who's thinking about separating from the military, they would attend a TAP press, a transition assistance program class. So there's three days of mandatory training, one for Department of Defense, The second day is for Department of Veterans Affairs. They can understand all the benefits that they will be afforded. And then, of course, the third one from Department of Labor that talks about employment. And then there's two optional days that they can also choose to attend that's additional information on employment, how to navigate apprenticeships, how to navigate resumes, or they can take another career path and look at what types of certifications they need, training that they can utilize to help support them. And so those things are important because it allows them to develop a mindset of, what do I want to do next when I leave the military? Because that's one of the biggest challenges 
challenges. And so if they get to this training a year prior to separation, then it allows them to really understand the landscape. At the same time, they can take that training again before they separate from the military. They can take it more than once. I encourage them to do that because oftentimes when you go through that training the first time, this is all new information to you. And so you can take it, digest it the first time. The second time you can figure out a better plan the other piece of that is we talk to them about networking, the value of networking, the value of understanding industries that you may want to get into. One of the other things that we've done here over the last two years now, at Department of Labor specifically, we created an Employment Navigator Partnership Pilot. What that pilot has done is allowed us to take a look into how an individualized approach to the transition process works. And so you have TAP, but now you have the ability to use an Employment Navigator. And we are seeing phenomenal success we're doing one-on-one counseling with the service members. We're connecting them to our 50-plus partners who are located all across the country in numerous industries. So that way they can see what is available in those industries, in the place where they may want to separate, where they may want to retire to uh, post-military service. And then the skill sets that they have and how they connect to that specific industry. And so that has been a very, very valuable uh, resource to supplement what they're learning and tap to date. And then if they get out of the military and they're still looking for an employment opportunity, they haven't found the right job, we also have our off-base transition training pilot currently being utilized, and that's for veterans who've been out of the military for a while or recently transitioned veterans. That gives them an opportunity to refresh some of the training that they had when they were on active duty and connect them again to employment. It's more of a individualized approach where we're developing a plan. And so that individual, for example, says, I want to go into the financial industry. Well, our employment navigator partners will have opportunities in the financial industry that we can connect them directly to. And so what that does, it allows us to have that one-on-one direct connection in whatever location that they are separating from. You have people then going in for interviews with employers. Do you think it's important to look for companies that are sort of upfront with their support of transitioning servicemen? I do. Research shows that when veterans see what the companies are displaying on their websites, for example, if they say that they have a veteran employee resource group, if they have specific types of resources then that allows them to feel a little bit more comfortable when they're making that transition into the organization. And oftentimes, if those resources do not exist, veterans themselves will advocate to create them. I've seen organizations build programs from scratch when they've had veterans uh, within their workplaces. So people understand the value we bring. But at the same time, it also forces leadership to have engagement with those resource groups. So I think it's inherently important for companies to advertise that they're veteran-friendly, they're veteran-ready, as we like to say, because it allows them to... Uh, create an environment that feels like it's a welcoming environment to someone who's coming into something that's completely foreign. Yeah. There are so many people who are veterans who may have transitioned out of the military years ago, and they may think that maybe there isn't that support for them in the workforce. But it seems like there's actually quite a few programs for people who have been out of the service for quite a while and also would like some support in their job search or careers, right? Oh, that's correct. The amount of transition assistance programs, post-military service that exist in the country today is phenomenal. A lot of these programs that exist 10 years ago, five years ago, the DOL vets, a lot of them are partners of ours. So we call them military support organizations, veteran support organizations, and of course, military spouse employment organizations as well. We're trying to ensure that they understand the types of resources that we bring to the veteran employment space, as well as to get an understanding from what they are hearing and seeing, as I call it, boots on the ground 
at the local levels with the service members. Because oftentimes service members will be their first point of contact after they've left the military with regard to resources. And so we want to hear what they are also hearing from their service members so we can build programs or adjust programs to meet the needs of the service members and military spouses when they're seeking employment. That's why I mentioned our off-base transition training program. And that pilot has produced great results for us. Last year, when we started this pilot, we had 1,500 veterans who were touched by our program. This year, that number has climbed to 6,293. And that's only at our pilot sites. So we're seeing really good progress there. We're seeing the value of someone who's been out of the military for a while coming in, refreshing their skill sets and getting connected to opportunities that they probably didn't know existed when they first separated. That's great. And for people who have served, been out of the military for quite a few years, where can they look for some of those resources? So we have 2,300 American job centers across the entire country. And these, again, are at the local level. And they're part of the Department of Labor Workforce System. We have two specialty positions there that are designed specifically for veterans, our Disabled Veteran Outreach Program leads and our local veteran employment resource leads. And they give veterans priority of service when you go to the American job centers. Last year, our American job centers touched 146,981 service members. This year, we're on track to exceed that number. We're at 133,664 right now. And so we always encourage our veterans to use American job centers, especially veterans who have service-connected disabilities or disabilities post-military service. They, again, get priority of service any American job centers they go across the entire country. That's great. And like you said, they're embedded in the community. So if there are maybe local programs or state level programs, they'll also usually be aware of those so they can say, hey, you should check out this program that maybe is a county away or something like that, right? That is right. And I think the beauty of that is that since they're part of the workforce system that's, of course, managed by Department of Labor writ large, they can also connect them to additional resources that they probably didn't even realize existed to support them in their job search or maintaining the job. And so it's inherently important that they get to an American Job Center when they're looking to find new opportunities because the American Job Centers are funding to help them get additional training, to help them get additional certificates that they may need for that next job resources for military spouses uh, who may now be unemployed and because they are now classified as dislocated workers so we can get them resources. Yeah, obviously a lot of people can find them in their neighborhoods, but if they can't, they could also go to the Department of Labor's website and find where their local center is, correct? You go to dol.gov forward slash agencies forward slash vets. But if you went to DOL, you can find all of the other resources that exist within the Department of Labor. If you went to DOL.gov. Yeah. And is there anything else that you think is important to touch on or maybe anything that we haven't covered that's important to let veterans know out there about resources that are available or tips that you would suggest that they take away? There are thousands of resources out there with information. However, it's not always the most accurate. It's not always the most up-to-date information. And so I think it's inherently important that they make sure that they're accessing the correct information, the most up-to-date information, as well as connecting with our off-base transition training uh, programs that you'll find on our website, because again, they have the ability to connect with them at the local levels, ensuring that they know that all of the resources at Department of Labor Vets is there to support them, whether they are seeking employment, whether they uh, potentially are at risk of being homeless, ensuring that they have the uh, knowledge about what resources exist at the Department of Veterans Affairs. That's where our grants that we have through our Homeless Veteran Reintegration Program, those grants exist to help uh, nonprofit agencies ensure that someone who may be homeless can actually get employed through utilizing our partners that are supported through our grant program. 
organizations like DL Vets, where we have regional veteran employment coordinators. I have six regional veteran employment coordinators all across the entire country who are also connected to the corporate community, and they're looking to connect veterans and employers together. 2,000 iterations last year alone where we had 2,000 touch points with corporations last year who were looking to hire veterans. And so we have the resources in place to, to uh, support someone when they're looking for employment. But at the same time, I always uh, talk about two things that's often left out of conversation is a need to support our military spouses because most of our military families are dual income families now. And then when they separate from the military, that carries over. They're still dual incomes as veterans and spouses. So we want to ensure that the spouses are employed because they have a 21% unemployment rate right now, as well as our National Guard Reserve, ensuring that our National Guard Reserve are supported in their employment opportunities because of the fact that they are better employees when they are also supported in their guard and reserve duties and vice versa. And so I think that's inherently important for the industries, but it's also inherently important for the country. Yeah, I always say that a strong network is the key to a successful career. And I think especially with veterans and people who are tied to the service, like you said, military spouses, they have a built-in network. So if they do feel like they're alone, it's a great reminder that they have this huge ecosystem of support around the country. And also, I appreciate you joining us today because I know this is what you and your team do day in, day out. So you are providing the most up-to-date information. And I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you as well. Have a good day. Appreciate it. That was the U.S. Department of Labor's Assistant Secretary for Veterans Employment and Training Service, James Rodriguez. You can find more information on VETS at the link in our show notes. Remember, it's up to you to put our advice into practice. Still, you always have a community backing you up and cheering you on. Connect with me and the Get Hired community on LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Also, if you liked this episode, please take a moment to leave us a rating on Apple Podcast. It helps people like you find the show. And don't forget to click that follow, subscribe, or whatever other button you find to get our podcast delivered to you every Wednesday. Because we'll be continuing these conversations on the next episode, right here, wherever you like to listen. Get Hired is a production of LinkedIn News. This episode was produced by Alexis Ramdow. Rafa Faria is our associate producer. Asaf Gidron engineered our show. Joda Georgie mixed our show. Dave Pond is head of news production. Enrique Montalvo is our executive producer. Courtney Coop is the head of original programming for LinkedIn. Dan Roth is the editor-in-chief of LinkedIn. And I'm Andrew Seaman. Until next time, stay well and best of luck.